you know what? I had a long week at work and a busy day today, running errands, going to the dentist, taking my car to the mechanic, doing laundry, and I need to relax a little bit and cheer myself up, so I think I need to read another article from The Federalist. The Federalist is like the bad boy I keep going back to. He treats me horribly, but damn is he fun. Alright, what do we got this time? Why Black Lives Matter only empowers racist white leftists. Leftists are outing themselves as racist, complicit in perpetuating systems of oppression. Maybe it's time we start believing them. This article is written by a motherfucker by the name of Peter Burfiend, published on September 24th, 2020. Oh my god, his picture, he looks like, he looks like Thanos's less attractive younger brother who got a job as an accountant at a law firm and likes to pretend that his brother doesn't exist. That is my headcanon for Peter Burfiend. Let's see, who is he? Peter M. Burfiend is a pastor in Union City in Marshall, Michigan, writer and publisher of Christian Educated Materials at PaxDominionPress.com and author of Gnostic America, a reading of contemporary American culture and religion according to Christianity's oldest heresy. He blogs at GnosticAmerica.com. Follow him on Twitter. Thanos' younger brother who um, is a Jesus freak and has a blog. Black Lives Matter is the operational arm of critical race theory, the postmodern philosophy of critical theory applied to race. Critical theory suffers from an inescapable epistemological conundrum. It's the liar's paradox. If a Cretan says that all Cretans are liars, is he to be believed? Or, in the case of critical theory, if a theory denies objective or universal truths, claiming that the powers that be subconsciously construct reality by projecting their will to power onto the transcendent screen of axiomatic certainty, all to perpetuate structures of power in which they are on top, then does not critical theory itself fall under the same dynamic? Ooh, what an edgelord. Ooh. If you think all reality is constructed, then what you're saying must not be reality either. You think you're so smart using all those big words. Just write the fucking paragraph, dude. You look like someone who's trying to sound smart by looking up a bunch of bullshit in a thesaurus. Everything you just said. Here, you know what? I'm gonna rewrite the paragraph for you. I'm gonna pause this so y'all don't hear the sound of my typing. Let's apply this same logic to critical theory. Critical theory claims that there is no such thing as universal objective truth, and that what we think is reality is just a bunch of bullshit the ruling class wants us to believe to be true, so that they can maintain their authority and position at the top of the hierarchy. Now, if all reality is fake and bullshit and not real, can't we also say that all theories are also fake and bullshit and not real, and thus so is critical theory? See, it's not that fucking hard, dude. Look, use plain language, don't shove too much shit into one sentence, keep subjects, verbs, and objects as close together in the sentence as you can without separating them with a bunch of clauses and shit, 
and lay things out one step at a time so that your reader can follow you. Okay, I don't know much about critical theory. My brother is an English major. He could probably tell me about it. But postmodernism, we Marxists are not particularly into that. While a lot of postmodern philosophers certainly study Marx and are inspired by a few of his theories, Marxism is modern, not postmodern. We definitely believe that reality can be studied objectively and that there is such a thing as things that are real and not real. However, part of what this guy is touching upon, you know, this construction of quote-unquote reality, that is real. That is what Antonio Gramsci referred to as cultural hegemony. Basically, it's a phenomenon where the ruling class creates and enforces various cultural norms and ideas in order to convince the working class to accept the ruling class's authority. And part of the goal of the Marxist movement, by writing Marxist theory and analyzing the world that we live in, is to break through that bullshit and that propaganda that the ruling class feeds to us. Karl Marx once said, The ruling ideas of each age have ever been the ideas of its ruling class. So Antonio Gramsci did not come up with that, he just developed that. And Leon Trotsky talks a lot about that in Their Morals and Ours, which I read for you for story time. So that's true. A lot of the things that we believe, you know, a lot of those ideas were put into our heads by people with certain agendas. But that does not mean that we can't analyze the world around us to cut through that bullcrap and make logical, rational decisions as to what is in our best interests. Put another way, how on earth do critical theorists exempt themselves from what they say are forces at work determining what everyone else does? How on earth is critical theory itself not a quest for power by those who came up with the theory? I don't know, dude. I mean, I kind of agree with you, Peter Buttfiend. Um, it is kind of stupid, postmodernism. Dead white men strike again! So, who came up with critical theory? You got it, white men. Or do you not recognize in Immanuel Kant, Karl Marx, Ludwig Wittgenstein, Michel Foucault, Jean Baudrillard, Ferdinand Lassar, what the fuck? Ferdinand Lassasser, listen, French people, I love you. You invented guillotines, but your language frightens and confuses me. George Herbert Mean, Noam Chomsky, Hans-Georg Gadamer, Roland Barthes, and Jacques Derrida? A whiteness the lilies themselves would envy? Should we not add critical theory to the list of oppressive systems dead white men came up with to advance white power? Yes, those guys all were white. And it is a reality that oftentimes the leaders of movements for working class liberation are people who come from a certain level of privilege, who have time and energy to sit down and think about these things because they don't have to work for hours and hours a day. Nowadays, the people who do that intellectual labor have been largely proletarianized, you know, university professors who have to teach a million courses and barely have time for their own writing and research. Friedrich Engels was himself bourgeois. He owned a factory. He later sold that factory and just went to go live with his Irish girlfriend and write checks for Karl Marx to live off of. 
does this invalidate these people's ideas just because they themselves don't necessarily have the experience of oppression? Well, maybe, but the only people who can answer that question are oppressed people themselves. And if you look at people like Noam Chomsky and Karl Marx, working class people who read and understand their theories are able to relate to them heavily and believe that those theories correctly describe and explain the experience of working class people. Is Immanuel Kant a critical theorist? I thought he was more of an enlightenment dude. Wasn't Michel Foucault the guy who came up with the panopticon? I think about the panopticon every goddamn day. Pooter Butterfiend also is straw manning pretty hard. You know, he's like, well, if you hate white men so much, why do you read books by white men? Well, we don't hate white men. We hate white supremacy. You know, you can be white and fight white supremacy. And I think that's kind of like the main thing that he's upset about because this ideology that this guy subscribes to and we know he subscribes to it because he's allowed to write for the federalist these people are fundamentally racist they are they see the world as a series of hierarchies and boxes that people have to fit themselves into and they get very angry and upset when people step out of those boxes the idea that there can be solidarity between people in different boxes is especially disturbing to them. So when he sees white people shouting Black Lives Matter and protesting racism, he loses his fucking mind. When he sees black people read books by white authors and say, yeah, this describes my experience, he loses his fucking mind. How on earth is critical theory itself not a quest for power by those who came up with that theory? I mean, I don't really understand what critical theory is or how it works, but I kind of suspect that he doesn't really understand it either. But, you say, theorists of critical race theory are black, right? But this proves nothing. Doesn't critical race theory say whites need Uncle Toms so they can tell themselves nice bedtime stories about how wonderful they are? Doesn't the current system of white privilege need its black capitalists, black police officers, and black Republicans so whites can feel good about the system? Why wouldn't the same dynamic be at work with critical theory regarding critical race theory? So he's saying like, well, y'all think that black cops are traitors to their race, and why can't black critical theorists also be traitors to their race? But... Basically, the best argument he can come up with is that his ideological opponents are guilty of the exact same hypocrisy that he is. And this is why hypocrisy arguments or pointing out hypocrisy is a really bad argumentative strategy. Well, there's no hypocrisy. You just have to understand the underlying current that goes into people's ideology, one that they themselves oftentimes do not understand. So if he says, you know, well, if black critical race theorists are Uncle Tom's, he doesn't give an argument as to why black Republicans are not also Uncle Tom. Recently deceased black social critic Stanley Crouch recognized the game when he called black theorists of critical race theory trickle-down Negro Marxists. Indeed, that trickle flows straight down from a sudsy cauldron of white id. A sudsy cauldron of white id. That sounds like a sexual innuendo of some kind. Sounds delicious. 
Or, put in terms of critical race theory, white men are the epistemological plantation masters for the obedient quote-unquote house negroes coming up with critical race theory. These ideas didn't originate in Nigeria, which explains why Nigerians love America, love President Trump, and want to move here. Like, I'm sure there are plenty of Marxists in Nigeria, though. I really hate a lot of arguments that rely on like the group identity of certain people who have a political position. Because just because someone's from Nigeria and just because someone's black, just because you know those things doesn't necessarily mean that you understand the material conditions of their life. In order to understand those material conditions, you need to know their class. They're like, why don't you, why don't you listen to people who fled from socialism? Like, no, I'm not going to listen to a bunch of bougie Cuban exiles who are salty that Fidel Castro took their slaves away. Yeah, they're Cuban, but Cubans don't have a universal material experience. Same with Nigeria. I'm sure there are plenty of Nigerians who love America and love President Trump. Which Nigerians are you interviewing? Working class Nigerians who work in factories? peasant farmers who live out in the rural areas, or the Nigerian bourgeoisie. And the same is true about race. Just because someone is black doesn't necessarily mean you know what the material conditions of their life is. And here is Pooper Buttfind bringing out that one black guy who agrees with him, as if that one guy gets the privilege of speaking for all black people, but he doesn't, because black people are not a monolith. I'm a white person talking about racism, uh, if you don't think my opinion counts on that, well, maybe I'm just one of those dumbass critical theoreticians that he's whining about. Listen, you can choose whether or not you want to listen to me or if you think I have anything smart to say, and I'm open to criticism. According to its own terms, critical race theory must be racist. Furthermore, Black Lives Matter, the political movement based on its theories, must also be racist. I think critical theory is like a small subset of the left. And I don't necessarily think that Black Lives Matter is based on critical race theory. Not black racism, but white racism. At a deep subconscious level, it serves the purpose of advancing and enhancing white privilege. What the fuck is he talking about? How else do you explain rich white kids screeching venom at black police officers and business owners? I can explain that to you. Um, because white working class people hate the cops and the bourgeoisie, including the black cops and the black bourgeoisie. Because they're smart and they understand their own class interests. Those rich white kids, their parents are rich, but they are not. They are burdened with student loans, they have been thoroughly proletarianized, and they feel extremely discouraged about their future and their prospects of class mobility. These rich white kids are working class. They have taken to the street with a working class movement. And working class people, black and white, understand that working class people and the police have a fundamentally adversarial relationship because the cops exist to enforce class divisions. Racism is part of that class dynamic that police officers enforce. Black police officers exist because racism isn't the only form of oppression. Class oppression is a thing, too. The reason black people join the police force 
is because while they themselves are not necessarily interested in enforcing white supremacy, they are interested in enforcing bourgeois supremacy. They're perfectly willing to harass and intimidate working class people for minor property crimes and throw people in prison for long periods of time for stealing $25 worth of groceries from Walmart or stuff private prisons with cheap prison labor. Racism is used to divide the working class. It exists to justify hyper-exploitation and mistreatment of black people, and it gets white working class people to lose sight of their class identity and sympathize with the ruling class over their working class neighbors. Young white working class people are starting to realize our rights are at stake too. A lot of white people who never once were the victims of state violence suddenly are getting hit with pepper spray and rubber bullets, all for the crime of protesting racism. And they're understanding now more than ever who their true friends and enemies are. And you know, we've all heard the dumbass right-wing argument, white people get shot at by cops too. Yeah, they fucking do. And the response to that from us white people shouldn't be, oh, well, I guess racism isn't real. The response should be, holy shit, I need to hit the streets too. The ideology of racism has been used to get white working class people to accept state violence and accept the deaths of innocent people, including innocent white people, as permissible collateral damage. So yeah, that's why these young white working class people are yelling at black cops, because they understand that all cops are bastards. And that's why they're shouting Black Lives Matter, because they understand that racism is fucking all of us in the ass and it needs to be destroyed. Those two things are not mutually incompatible or paradoxical, because the battle we're fighting is a multifaceted one. Leftism needs to keep blacks down. Jeez, what a fucking edgelord. How else do you explain rich white kids screeching venom at black police officers and black business owners? Or how else do you explain that the theorist who's most empowered by critical race theory is white author Robin DiAngelo? Ruminate on the sad indisputability of this statement for a moment. Something in the leftist minds needs to keep minorities from finding hope and advancing in existent American systems. You know what it is? It's because we hate those systems, and the people who climb to the top of those systems are our class enemies. We don't care about the color of the rich we eat. We'll eat them all. Girl rich, boy rich, black rich, white rich, gay rich, straight rich. All delicious. Letting minority groups have representation in the ruling class is not an end to oppression. Because that one minority person gets to be in the ruling class while all the other minority people get to continue wallowing in misery and poverty. It's not liberation. And we will eat the rich of every race. Meanwhile, of necessity by the terms of critical race theory, the flip side of this dynamic is going on. Leftists feel the new world order will advance their will to power. Now, at the subconscious level, leftists don't know they're doing this. They may reject their doing this because they have white fragility, or more accurately, they are projecting onto others what they themselves are. I don't know what he thinks I'm denying, but yeah, we leftists are fighting for power. We want the working class to become the ruling class in society. We want to set up a dictatorship of the proletariat. Yeah, this is a fight for power. No one's denying that. 
They are projecting onto others what they themselves are. They are truly the racists. <laughs> oh my god, I love this argument. Actually, um, no, you're racist. It's so cheap and lazy. I know so many people in abusive relationships who call out their abusers and the abusers respond, um, actually, no, you're the abusive one for calling out my abuse and making me feel bad and hurting my feelings. They have no counter argument. The very, very best argument that the simps for the capitalist system can come up with is that we leftists are doing the exact same thing that they're doing. They acknowledge at the end of the day that what they are doing is evil and horrible because they think it's an argument to say that we are doing it. They are truly the racists, as they always have been. And here's sort of an obvious point. They're telling everyone this now. This is exactly what they're currently saying. We're all racist. To which I say, speak for yourself, but interesting what you're saying. White's gonna white. Consider, 10 years from now, does anyone doubt things will be essentially the same as they are now? With some tweaks here and there in the bureaucratic apparatus of civil rights law gumming up everything, particularly for minority entrepreneurs at the lower rungs of the ladder to success? Ugh. And of course his big problem is with civil rights law. And of course, the only possible reason he can think to object to civil rights from a moral perspective is that it might hurt the black bourgeoisie. Once again, let me remind you, we are going to eat the rich of every race. But by and large, the same disparities by black and white will continue? <sighs> yeah, we do kind of all know that in our hearts. Nothing really is going to change. But you know, Lenin never thought he'd live to see the February Revolution, but he did. So... Knock on wood. Or will things unfortunately become worse? Probably. If things stay on the current track, urban areas will be gutted by riots. Black on black crime will continue to surge. As the victimology inherent in critical race theory convinces black Americans, they have no hope of advancement in our nation. Despair and poverty will increase as well. What does he think riots are? Like, you think people just burn shit down for fun? I mean, I'm sure some people do. No, people riot because they're angry about specific things. Namely, oppression against working class black and brown people. Well, how come riots aren't happening all the time then? Because the oppression goes on all the time. Leon Trotsky describes in several of his writings how the consciousness of working class people and the levels of militancy that they are at ebbs and flows with the tide. There are moments when the working class is extremely militant and active, and there are moments when they are passive and complacent. Since the left in the United States has kind of been sitting on its ass for a very long time, and we haven't really built any serious left-wing institutional power like a large left-wing political party or mass participation in labor movements, conscious and militant working-class people don't really have any type of outlet for their justified anger, except for the destruction of bourgeois property. Leon Trotsky used the analogy of steam in a piston box. Working-class energy and anger is like steam. It's a powerful force and it's capable of amazing things, but without any type of organization or leadership, without a piston box, it just kind of dissipates and goes everywhere. 
black-on-black crime will continue to surge as the victimology inherent in critical race theory convinces black Americans they have no hope of advancement in our nation. Despair and poverty will increase as well. There's several different things I want to point out in here that I think are kind of interesting. The first is black-on-black crime attempting to blame black people for their own oppression. Racists love bringing that up. They love the opportunity to deflect. In fact, the tone of victim blaming is pretty richly baked into this paragraph as a whole. We also see an idealist view of history. The belief that the way black people behave and the things that happen to them have to do with the ideology that black people embrace and not necessarily behavior driven as a response to material conditions. We also have this weird idea that the most virtuous thing that a person can strive for, that the greatest sign of liberation is the ability to rise through the ranks in the capitalist hierarchy, and that being able to quote-unquote succeed under capitalism is what it means to be strong and capable and virtuous. That racism of low expectations fallacy. Oh, they think they'll have no hope because we told them that racism exists there's just this mean, nasty idea that black people just have no agency and do whatever the quote-unquote left tells them, that they don't have the intelligence to understand their own material circumstances and act accordingly in their own self-interest. It is absolutely 100% racist. Whites, meanwhile, will have felt cathartically purified with their We Believe signs proudly displayed behind their white picket fences. A host of rich white graduates of some studies degree, who normally would have no power to say nothing of a job under healthy circumstances, will populate government bureaucracies and human resource departments with comfortable six-figure incomes. What worker in a human resource department makes six figures? And in this paragraph, we see a lot of pretty cynical anti-intellectualism, you know, some studies degree. This just in, the pastor says, God will be angry if you study things. And also a reference to the main actual conflict between liberals and conservatives, which is the conflict between the petty bourgeoisie, who are the main base of support for the conservatives, and the professional managerial class, who are the main base of support for the liberals. And by liberal, I mean liberal, not left. Neither side actually represents working class people, though the liberals do tend to pander more toward the working class. And working class people, statistically speaking, are more likely to vote for what they perceive to be the left wing. Who do you suppose will benefit most from that new regime of civil rights law? Sounds like a nice system if you're an upper middle class white leftist. That's because it is. It's exactly as critical race theory proposes. White's gonna white, say the theory, so how can the theory itself be anything other than the latest vehicle for whites to empower themselves? How does civil rights law empower white people? Well, it does because white people themselves oftentimes are victims of repression in their own way. White disabled people, white working class people, white women, white LBGT people. So yeah, I guess I'll have to agree with you, dude. Increased civil rights law will be a pretty good deal for white people. The evidence bears this out. The left has had decades of power and control over our cities. Bitch, where? Academia and the media. (laughs) 
They've had ample opportunities to demonstrate the wonders of their ideas. Yet all we see is the perpetuation of the very things they decry, while they gain more and more power. <laughs> oh my god. That's just the funniest thing in the world when people confuse us lefties with liberals. And I'm like, I agree, the liberal politicians are absolute fucking trash who deserve bad things in life, but that's because they are capitalists at the end of the day. They are simps for capitalism, just like you are. Penis beanfind. <laughs> Penis beanfind. <laughs> oh my god. It's not funny. <laughs> Papper Burford? Papper Burnferned. I like that one. Papper Burnferned. Pepper Burntide. Pierre Buttface. I know making fun of his name isn't really a rhetorical argument and is also extremely low effort, but then again, he has written an entire article that was very low effort and also contains no real argument. So it's all fair. For decades, we've been told all the violence and ugliness spawned by leftism are merely the birth pangs of a new system. Well, how long do you leftists need to give birth? I don't know. Maybe you should stop getting in our way. Enough already. Give us a taste of the glories of the new world in your urban microcosms. First of all, you can't create a new world in a microcosm. Joseph Stalin had a whole one-sixth of the entire world's landmass, and it was too small a space for socialism to work properly. Socialism has to be international. Either the revolution is everywhere or it's nowhere. Make that bitch permanent. Or, maybe as Maya Angelou said, when someone shows you who he is, believe them. Leftists are outing themselves as racist, complicit in perpetuating systems of oppression. Maybe we should believe them. I think he's just rambling, dude. This, this sounds like, this article sounds like a guy who's ranting in the driver's seat of his parked car. A video that would probably be made by somebody with some expensive sunglasses and ugly facial hair. Um, actually, it's the leftists are the real racists because, because they want civil rights laws and also, um, inner cities are poor. But for some reason, he just decided to transcribe it and post it on the internet. The dangers of critical race theory. Perhaps an honest appraisal of critical race theory is in order so we can liberate ourselves from the sticky epistemological tentacles of a nonsensical theory. He said the word epistemological like 12 times in this article so far. I think he just wants to show off the fact that he's a pastor and wants us to think he's smart because he knows pastor words. Unfortunately, writ into the DNA of its axioms is the deconstruction of rational dialogue. That, too, you see, is just another tool of white privilege. Leftism can't have room for questions. I don't think he spends a lot of time in leftist Facebook groups, dude. We could extol what is by and large a just system for the advancement of anyone who applies himself and works hard. The American system. Burr, burr, burr. Individuals in that system could be spending their days in hope and personal achievement using the liberties available to them in this country. Or we could have a healthy discussion about race as it relates to traditional American principles. 
Yet instead, we'll just have to wait for the virus of critical race theory to work its nihilistic destruction on the black community, while whites sit on the sidelines with their shut mass mouths on bended knee, advancing their privilege. I don't think this guy has very many black friends. Ugh. Stupid fucking bootstrap. Um, actually you could escape poverty if you just worked hard and apply yourself. I do agree, it is possible to escape poverty, but we do have to work hard for it. The destruction of class-based society isn't going to happen on its own. Building left-wing institutional power is a lot more grown-up than I thought it was before I joined an organization. I have to go to a lot of Zoom meetings. Like, this guy is pretty obviously a racist. He is looking for any excuse he can to blame black people for their own problems. Oh, they just believe that racism exists because of critical race theory, and that's why they're in such trouble and they're burning down their own cities and killing each other. Fuck off, asshole. And if whites are going to be racist, the only whites he wants to blame are white people who stand in solidarity with black people. He has said that he really does not like civil rights law. How far back do you want to go, asshole? What laws do you want to repeal? At what point does civil rights law become too much? Really? Answer me. I need to hear. Where do you draw the line of who gets rights and who doesn't? This one isn't quite as funny as the last one. I mean, I can laugh at somebody who hates on Marxism because Marxism is kind of an abstract idea, but there's nothing really abstract about the fight for black liberation. You know, there's nothing abstract about watching someone get murdered by the states on video and then watching people go out and protest because they're angry about that and then watching the states engage in active, awful forms of repression and throw people into unmarked vans. There's nothing abstract about poverty or about incarceration. And there's nothing abstract about fighting against it. He's not trying to demonize some old fucker who wrote a book. He's trying to demonize people who are going out and trying to make the world suck slightly less. He's trying to demonize the working class as a whole and trying to undermine efforts of white workers and black workers to stand in solidarity together. He wants us to believe that these racial differences are irreconcilable and that any show of solidarity is fake and pointless and self-serving. And you know what? Solidarity is 100% self-serving. We white working class people 100% benefit from dismantling racism. We do. To go out and shout Black Lives Matter is a rejection of the propaganda that the ruling class has tried to shove down your throat to stop you from forming class consciousness, to stop you from understanding who your true friends and enemies are. And, you know, doing that unpleasant work of unlearning racial stereotypes and getting called out for saying racist things and having your ideas challenged... It's not a fun process for white people, but at the end of the day, it is necessary for your own empowerment. We have everything to gain by standing with our neighbors, and our neighbors have everything to gain by us standing with them. And this guy is a cynical little shit who claims to speak on behalf of the interests of black people. 
but the only solution he seems to have for black empowerment is for black people to shut the fuck up and get back to work on the off chance that one person in their neighborhood will end up getting rich. And I hate him. Oh god, I can't believe this guy's a pastor. I can't believe he gets to have a captive audience. He is a cynical, dim-witted little shit stain. The last guy who wrote the last article, I think that guy was just a dumbass. But this guy, I think, is more malicious. Pooter Boofriend. Ugh. Listen, black people and white people both. You're a lot smarter than people like this fucker think you are. Most working class people I know have an intuitive understanding of their own class interests. They do. Even working class conservatives, as annoying as I find them. You know, trust your instincts. Trust your instincts, trust your moral judgment, and stand in solidarity with your neighbors every single chance that you get. You know, you're going out there and you're protesting because you think it will make the world a better place. You live in the world, so you would know. People try to decry lefties by saying that we don't have life experience or that we don't have knowledge. But you do. You understand the material world that you live in and you understand who your friends are and who your enemies are. Trust your judgment, stand in solidarity with your neighbors, and Black Lives Matter.